Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> Kia ora everybody, I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, we hear from Jess Lowry. Jess takes us through her two birth stories. Her first, after being induced, ended in an emergency C-section, and then her second, a VBAC. I'll let Jess tell you the rest of her story, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi Jess, thank you for joining me today. I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Hi Jordan, thanks for having me. No problem. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about you and your family, where you live, and what you all do? Yeah, sure. So I'm Jess. I'm a secondary school teacher in Palmerston North and I'm currently on maternity leave until term one next year. My husband is James and he's um, also a teacher. He's a primary school teacher and we've got two daughters, Bowie who's just turned two and Nova who's five months. Awesome. I love those names. Very cute. (laughs) Thank you. Had you and James always wanted a family or did you plan to get pregnant the first time around? Yeah, we definitely always wanted a family but we sort of decided maybe around the age of 28. So I just started teaching um, when I was 26 when I got pregnant. So um, it was actually a bit of a surprise. So yeah. <laughs> cool. And how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you have early symptoms or miss a period? Um, so I've never had a very regular period, so I didn't notice anything like that. But I just had like seriously sore boobs and James was like, you're definitely pregnant. And I, I was completely in denial. I've always thought when people have said, you know, they had no idea that they were pregnant or they just didn't believe it, that that couldn't be true. But I genuinely did not believe it yeah. until I took the test and there were the two lines. <laughs> and did you take the test with James or did you do it on your own? How did you tell him? Yeah, we we did it together. I went to the bathroom yeah. and um, he just heard me um scream and start crying so he like came in and like burst into the bathroom and I was just basically sobbing when he was jumping around really excited (laughs) oh very cool and did you have sort of any thoughts on where you might want to deliver and what method of care you might use once you got over the initial shock of being pregnant yeah so um I had three good friends actually who'd all used the same midwife and they recommended her highly so I knew that I wanted to go with her if possible and luckily she could fit me in and um I didn't have too much um thought about where I'd want to give birth but she uh didn't do the hospital she only did hospital births not home births so that sort of um that answered that for me and we didn't have a birthing center at the time so hospital very cool and did you and James go to any antenatal classes or anything like that before you went into labor yes we did we went along to um 
antenatal classes in Palmy, and that was really important for me, more about meeting people than, you know, the stuff you yeah. learn. And we've got uh, three other couples that, you know, I still talk to the mums every day. We're really good friends, so it's been awesome. Oh, awesome. That's great. Definitely worthwhile for you then. Definitely. Cool. And did you have any thoughts on what sort of birth you wanted as much as you can plan for these types of things? Uh, so yes, I definitely wanted a natural birth. Um, I'm quite sensitive to a lot of drugs, so um, I didn't really want um, any drugs, but I was open to having an epidural uh, if I needed yeah. one. Yeah, cool. And did you have many other symptoms throughout your pregnancy? Did you get much morning sickness or anything like that? Yeah, I was sick for about the first 18 weeks. Nothing major, just, you know, nausea and vomiting every evening, I think mainly from being tired. Uh, I expected it to stop at 12 weeks, so um, I was a bit gutted when it continued on to <laughs> around 18 weeks. Yeah. And did you go into labor naturally with this birth or how did that experience start for you? I didn't actually go into labor the huh. first time. So, yeah, I was due on the 1st of August. I was the first due out of my little antenatal group. And um, I had three weeks of lovely maternity leave, just relaxing at home and getting ready for the baby. And then slowly all of my antenatal friends had their babies and I was still waiting. <laughs> and I got to um, – I was 41 weeks and I went to the hospital for like a scan to see if, you know, everything was fine and I still had lots of fluid. Baby was really happy. So um, I kept trucking along and got all the way to 42 weeks and um, had to be induced at the hospital um, on the Monday. So I was 42 weeks in one day when I got induced. Hmm. And right. yeah, when I had a stretch and sweep at uh, just past 41 weeks and the doctor said that my cervix was very unfavorable. So right. um <laughs> Yeah, not being sort of a first-time mum, not really knowing a lot about the process, that was quite sad to hear. And I went out into the yeah. waiting room and called my midwife and cried in front of all of the staff, which was quite <laughs> embarrassing. And it didn't help that I bumped into another girl from my antenatal group, and she was like in labour at the hospital. And, uh, yeah. Typical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like awesome for her, but I was like, okay, yeah. I'm just off home. I'll be back next week. <laughs> Yeah. And so once you were induced, was it a quick process from there? Do you want to take me through your birth story now? Yeah, for sure. So we arrived at the hospital really early and um, met my midwife there and she uh, inserted the cannula into my hand, which was honestly one of the most painful things I didn't expect. I thought it was like when you get an injection and they're like, oh, you just feel a little prick and it's really not that uh, bad, yeah. but it was so sore. So that was, you know, not the greatest start, but, you know, got over it. And then um, she used um, prostaglandin gel, which is just like um, a type of gel that they insert um, and it can get contractions started. And I was told that it was really unlikely that it would do anything. So I didn't have yeah. high hopes. Um, and then basically a couple of hours later, they check what's going on. And I, I did, I was having some small contractions I couldn't really feel them to be honest but they were they were picked up on the monitor um so they didn't use another round of the gel because if they use too much then it can like overstimulate your uterus so yeah I it sounds strange but I felt really proud because up until that point I was like oh 
I guess my body doesn't really know what to do because yeah. I haven't gone into labor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so waited around for a while, went across the road to a cafe and with my mom. My mom was there too, as long as, as well as my husband. And, um, I just remember sitting there and sort of drifting away from their conversation and realizing that I was in a little bit of pain, you know, like contractions were starting. They're very minimal, but, um, noticeable. So we went to back to the hospital and, you know, not much happened. I was, you know, getting checked every now and then and mum went off and got us some dinner and it was all very relaxed and, you know, I didn't feel like I was in labor at all. It was just more of a waiting game. And then, um, mum went home once it got a bit later on. Another doctor came in and she told me I was two centimeters dilated, which is almost nothing, but I was so excited. <laughs> um, yeah. so they decided to break my waters to, um, get things going and, and also because it was starting to get later into the night and, and they yeah. thought it'd be better with more staff on to, to get things happening. And yeah, so I was lying on the bed when that happened and it was crazy. It was honestly like how you'd imagine in the movies, like this just absolute waterfall everywhere. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And yeah, they just, I had to be on the monitor the whole time, um, which was monitoring the baby's heartbeat and also my contractions. And for a couple of hours, her heart rate was really high. And so they gave me quite a few bags of fluids to try and bring it down. And it wasn't happening. And she was also posterior. So her back to my back, um, which, you know, still head down and everything, but not the easiest position. And, yeah. um, yeah, things were just not really progressing. And the doctors then started talking about you know, time frames, like you've basically got this amount of hours before the baby's too tired and it becomes this big emergency. And yeah, it just, it felt, it didn't feel like an emergency because there was no like yeah. big alarm bells or anything. It, was, it just seemed like, oh, why can't I keep going? Like I'm fine. I'm not yeah. tired, you know? Um, So it continued for a while like that, but unfortunately her heart rate didn't come down and uh, the doctor had noticed that there was meconium uh, in my waters, I mean, another sign yeah. that she was in distress. So um, he decided that uh, an emergency C-section would be the best option. Um, and luckily for me, he actually knew my midwife. So um, he gave her a call and I got to talk to her and, and she said that, you know, she'd been sitting up at home waiting to hear because she was going to come back to the hospital once things started. Um, and she just said she'd, sort of been thinking you know time had gone on and she was hoping that the doctors would make the right call at the right yeah. time you know when to intervene and so that sort of made me feel a little bit calmer that she'd she was sort of on board with the with the doctor um so yeah I signed all the forms and it, it felt strange because it didn't feel like an emergency as I said but unfortunately when we were I was sort of accepting what was going to happen uh two other midwives came in I didn't know who they were and they were looking at the the heart rate um, of the baby and they were looking at the towel with the my um, amniotic fluid on it and they both thought that there wasn't meconium present and that they thought the baby's heart rate had actually stabilised and they sort of thought maybe I didn't need a, a C-section. And that really right. threw, threw me because I was like, oh, yeah. the, you know, the doctors said I need one and I've signed all these forms. And, yeah, I think that was the hardest part. Today, I sort of still wonder, did yeah. we make the wrong decision? But, um, you know, he sort of came in and heard what they were saying and 
firmly but professionally um, <laughs> removed them from the room. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was hard. Yeah, I got into the gown and, and everything was, you know, ready. And I went to walk out the door to theatre uh, and everyone laughed at me and said I had to get up on the bed to be like, you know, weaned uh, down. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh, oh okay. Because I just felt fine, you know, like. I, yeah, yeah. So I got up on the bed and we went down and, and um, James wasn't allowed to be in the room while I had the spinal block and everything. Uh, that was a bit scary. Um, not a huge fan of needles, uh, but it was definitely not as bad as I expected because, you know, you can't see anything. It's all behind you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the anaesthetist was just the loveliest woman I've ever met. She said to me, you know, like, if you feel sick or anything, let me know straight away. And, and, I, and I told her, you know, as they lay me down, oh, I feel sick. And I, you know, vomited everywhere and she caught it all and <laughs> gave me <laughs> some sort of drug that made me feel better instantly, which was you know, awesome. Um, but yeah, I did sort of react a little bit, you know, I had my arms spread out from side to side and I was shaking quite a bit from the drugs and that was a little bit scary. I, I did feel like I was in good hands. You know, everyone was so professional and so kind. And when James came in, yeah. they obviously made everything so much better, but they, um, I'd been told previously, I've been warned by other people that you can see in the lights ahead of you, like the reflection of uh, what's happening. So I kept yeah. my eyes shut the entire time. Like I yeah. just opened them when she was, when they um, pulled out Bowie and I saw them hold her up over the screen. And then I shut my eyes again because I was like, I don't want to see <laughs> yeah. anything. So yeah, they, um, I didn't get skin to skin or anything like that. They took her away and did all their, you know, cleaning and measuring and whatnot. And she was, in really good condition. So that was great. She was 10 pounds. So. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> big I guess baby. Being, yeah. Being two weeks overdue. Um, yeah. She put on a bit of weight and yeah. yeah, they came and put her next to me on the bed and yeah, that was the first time I got to see her, which was really, really neat. And then we went to yeah. recovery for a, maybe half an hour, an hour and then up to the ward. Oh, amazing. And how did you find she went with breastfeeding initially when you were still in the hospital? Um, yeah, I found that a really big struggle for the first, um, yeah, maybe three days. I, I sort of yeah. expected it to just be this natural thing that was really easy, yeah. but, but yeah, it wasn't. And, um, there's so many different midwives and nurses who are like trying to help you and everyone's sort of grabbing your boobs and trying to put yeah. this baby's mouth on them and, they they try and James and I still laugh about it because there's this three step process that they'd show me where it was like you know one you um put your nipple against the baby's nose to get them to open their mouth two you know you put the baby's mouth over and then three and they'd just like rush the baby on <laughs> we, we were both like uh sorry what was number three <laughs> like yeah. even though it ended up being successful breastfeeding I still don't yeah. know what step three was <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up seeing a lactation consultant in the hospital on the third day and she was a oh, lifesaver. Yeah. She, she made me latch and relatch over and over and over again until I could do it perfectly. And yeah, she was great. Oh, very yeah. good. That's good that you got that opportunity while you were still in the hospital. Definitely. Yeah. And how long did you spend in the hospital? How was your recovery from the C-section? Yeah, it was, it was good. I was there for maybe, uh, four nights, I think. Um, and I got up and about maybe, I don't know, 
eight hours after the surgery because I wanted to have a shower yeah. and get clean and get dressed and and things. And I, I think I found the recovery like it was definitely painful and sort of not knowing what movement would cause you know pain from the from the wound. Um, but it wasn't anywhere near as bad as I imagined it might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've actually. I've got what you call a keloid scar, so it's like sticks out quite far from my skin, and yeah. it's really sensitive still. Um, so yeah, I didn't hit a scar very well, and I'm actually um, booked in to get surgery to re um, fix my scar. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so in a couple of months I'll be able to do that, just because it's yeah. still quite tender and and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. And once you went home from the hospital, how was your experience as a new mum and with breastfeeding once you were home? Yeah. So breastfeeding, um, it started to come a lot easier once I knew what I was doing and I started using the hydrogel breastfeds to, you know, heal a little bit. I found the first few weeks uh, quite daunting, I think. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing in terms of like sleep and routines and I was quite obsessed with that I needed to have my baby in a routine and if she wasn't sleeping enough then something wasn't right but I learned from you know chatting with my other mum friends just to sort of let it go and and get to know her and and her own sort of routines which helped a lot. Yeah cool and did you keep breastfeeding for a while with her or how long did you do that for? Yeah so I went back to work at nine months so I breastfed exclusively till then and then I pumped for two more months to 11 months and then um after at 11 months we started giving her formula for her bottles during the day and I fed her morning and yeah. night till yeah she just self-weaned at about 13 months awesome and did you get your period back while you were breastfeeding or didn't come back until afterwards no I didn't I um actually got my period back a week after I fully weaned her yeah oh wow yeah. Yeah. And did you plan to try for a second baby or what was that process like? Yeah. So that kind of leads into the second baby. Um, we always wanted a close age gap. We thought maybe like 18 months would be good. Yeah. But because I, I didn't get my period back, um, we, we couldn't have a gap that close. So I, um, I actually got pregnant. I don't even know how it works, but it t- turned out with my due date that I was pregnant before that first period. So I must have, yeah, ovulated, got pregnant. Yeah. um, Like straight away, which was incredibly lucky. It really unexpected. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so you're second, you're pregnant with your second baby. How did you find that out? Did you just miss the period or you just took a test because you thought you were feeling pregnant? Yeah. We went up to um, Gisborne to visit my mum and I was just incredibly tired. Like mum and I went for a drive um to go to the beach and I fell asleep in the car on the way there and then when we got back to Palmy I felt a little bit nauseous and I was thinking oh this seems familiar (laughs) so I um I actually it was the school holidays and I was going into school to do some planning for the next term so I just I bought a test and took the test at school and um yeah yeah it was definitely positive um and I was like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, I kind of knew, but you never really know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Had you told James that you were feeling that way and that you were going to take a test or not yet? 
he definitely knew that I thought there could be a chance, but I didn't tell him that I'd bought the test. So I, um, yeah. I sent him a message and we met up down by the river and to go for a walk. And I we were looking out over the river and it was all romantic. And I handed him <laughs> the test and he, he sort of looked at me and he was like, uh, what does two lines mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a guy who doesn't have yeah, that many pregnancy tests. So. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, it's positive. And so, yeah, he was really stoked. He was over the moon. Oh, beautiful. That's great. And yeah. did you have many pregnancy symptoms this time around? Were you sick again or not really? Yeah, similar. So I was sick again till 18 weeks. I, I didn't, I wasn't physically like vomiting as much, but it was like a constant nausea, even more than the yeah. time before, like even all night long. So I found it really hard to sleep and, and whatnot. And after maybe, maybe around 12 weeks, I started taking some anti-nausea medication, which just helped so much. So I could, you know, concentrate at work. And it's a lot different yeah. pregnant with your second when you've got to come home to a toddler and, yeah. and all of that, you know, you can't just have a sleep on the couch. So I found that medication helped so much to take the edge off. Yeah, fair enough. And did you want to go back to the same hospital and midwife or what was your plan there? Yeah, so I really, really wanted to have a VBAC. I didn't want to have uh, an elective caesarean. Um, so I wanted the same midwife because, you know, we got on really well and she had a, a lovely little bond with Bowie and um, I knew that she'd know my history so she'd be sort of the best person um, to yeah. to you know, be my lead carer. Um, and she was really excited when I messaged her. So luckily um, I could go with the same midwife. Oh, great. That's good. And was mm. she supportive of the VBAC as well? Yeah, definitely. She, um, there was no option for me to go to the birthing center, which like had opened up, which, you know, yeah. I was a little bit gutted about, but at the end of the day, like I knew, like I need to be in the safest place possible. And my yeah. midwife was very, um, she was very practical and she was very realistic. You know, she sort of said, this is awesome. We'll definitely try for a VBAC, but you know, you have a history of going overdue and also um, lots of women in my family have gone overdue. So it was likely to happen again. And yeah. she said, you know, you're not likely to be allowed to go too far overdue. So the best case scenario is you'll get a VBAC, but definitely be prepared that it might not happen. So yeah, I mean, that did help me sort of, um, I guess not get my hopes up too high. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And did you go into labor this time around? So, yeah. So I saw, um, an obstetrician, which I had to, um, due to my previous C-section. Um, I, I saw him around 37 weeks and to talk about my options because, you know, I was obviously allowed to choose an elective C-section if I wanted to. Um, yeah. and he was, um, the Swedish obstetrician, he was really lovely. He was super um, pro natural birth and, and trying for VBAC. And he was completely happy to let me go to 42 weeks. He didn't see any need to induce me earlier, which was awesome. And um, I just had a growth scan the week before and, you know, showed that again, I was having a bigger baby. Um, yeah. They actually couldn't even measure her head size because their like monitor didn't go that far which was uh, um not the best thing to hear but you know yeah. and um I mean he said you know do you want if you don't go into labor do you want to be induced and I really hadn't enjoyed the induction process the time before just that sort of because your midwife's not there the whole time you know I felt a little bit alone and like I didn't really yeah. know what was going on so I didn't really want to go down that path again 
Um, so I sort of said, I guess I didn't really answer and he could see how hesitant I was. And he said, Oh, why don't we book another growth scan for 40 weeks? If you go to 40 weeks and then I'll see you again three days later and we can talk again. And I was like, so thankful I didn't have to make that call right there and then. Yeah. Um, and I also walked out of the room hoping that I would never see him again, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had the growth scan at 40 weeks and then I saw him again three days later and I, and I decided, um, you know, he basically said, you've got a 50, 50 chance of, you know, having a VBAC if you go into labor naturally. And if you get induced, it's sort of 70, 30. So I was like, you know what? Like, I'll just give it a go. If it doesn't work, I'll end up having a C-section anyway. And that's, yeah. you know, that's fine. So we booked in my induction for um 41 weeks and two days. And I went into labor the day before. So it was, oh. yeah, it was a miracle. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. And do you want to take us through that labor experience and then into your birth story now? Yeah, sure. So uh, my mum was coming down for the weekend because I was going to be induced on the Monday. So that was really lucky um, that yeah. she could look after Bowie. Um, so I I just sort of had this feeling on Saturday night. I don't know. I felt really like anxious, like something just felt wrong. Nothing physically in terms of like I didn't think of labor at all. I just felt weird. And I um, went to bed and I sort of woke up maybe around like four and I just felt uncomfortable. I was sort of having cramps. And my tummy was going a little bit hard and I just ignored it because, you know, I, you know, it could be anything. And then yeah. maybe an hour later at 5 a.m. I was like, hold on, this is like regularly happening. Like I think something's going on. So I woke James up and he put his hand on my tummy like during one of the contractions and he felt my tummy go hard and he was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's something's happening. Um, and yeah, I was quite excited, went to the bathroom and, um, lost my mucus plugs. I was like, oh wow, like this is definitely something. And I, I knew that my midwife, it was her weekend off. Um, so I sent a text to my, um, her backup midwife and just said, oh look, you know, just letting you know, this is what's happening. I'll let you know once things sort of, you know, and like ramp up. Cause I knew there'd be like yeah. hours and hours ahead and she didn't reply. And I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, she's probably busy. And then. I was kind of under the impression that, you know, when you first go into labor, you know, the early stages, you have a contraction, like maybe one every half an hour sort of thing. But yeah. I was having them right from the start, like every five minutes, you know, they were only lasting 30 seconds or so, but they were very, very regular. Um, and so around like midday, about 12 o'clock, I sent her another text and I got a reply, like an automated reply saying, you know, it's the weekend you need to call. I was like, oh, right. Okay. So she never got my original text. So I called her and I said what was going on. And so she said, um, you know, she talked through some of my contractions and she said, well, how about we meet at the hospital at 2 p.m.? And I sort of thought, oh, I'm going too early. I know I'm going too early. She's going to send me home. But James was like, you know, you don't know that. You've never like been in labor before. It's best that we just go in, you know. So we went into the hospital and stupidly didn't realize that there was a back entrance. So we like pulled up to the main reception. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to walk all the way to the delivery suite and like in front yeah. of all these people? Like, how embarrassing. Like, I'm just going to have to like, you know, and so I had to do it in stages and like sit down and they like for each contraction. And like, we finally got up to the um place and they took us into a room and um, my, my backup midwife came in and, and um did an examination. And yeah, I was only two centimeters, so not um, an established labor. 
but she hooked me up to the um the CTG monitor and and again um baby's heart rate was high just just like Bowie's had been and it, yeah it felt a little bit like deja vu and she yeah. said because of my previous section and because of the heart rate being high she told me I wasn't going anywhere so um yeah we were at hospital to stay so she fairly quickly um put a scalp clip on the baby's head so that's like um like a little clip that they put on their head and um, there's a cord that comes out and that monitors their heart rate so that you don't have to have the um, straps around your stomach the whole time. So you have a little bit more yeah. movement, which was awesome because I really I didn't want to be stuck on the bed. I wanted to be able to move around. Yeah, she taught me how to use the gas and I was really worried that it would make me sick, but it didn't, thankfully. Um, it gave me just sort of a sort of a floaty, spacey feeling, which was which was great at the start. And um yeah, I was surprised by how many um, different midwives who were working, you know, sort of popped in and, and you know, one lady who was awesome, she sort of taught me how to lean against the bed and sway my hips through the contractions and that was really helpful yeah. And because um, Nova was posterior, just like Bowie. I had a lot of pain in my back. It felt like almost like Chinese burns on my spine, which I didn't expect. She showed James how to massage my back and that was really helpful too. Um, so yeah, carried on for a while, quite a few hours and then had another, um, exam- examination and I was three centimeters and she's like, yep, you're definitely in established labor, rah, rah. And I tried to be real positive cause like, you know, that's exciting, but I was in so much pain yeah. and I was, I just didn't expect it to be so constant. Like you have sort of like a minute gap or so between the contractions, but it's just not long enough to regather your strength. And because I hadn't slept much the night before, I was so tired and I just kept saying, I just want to have a nap. I just want to have a nap and then I can keep going. But I obviously couldn't. So yeah, I carried on for a little while and then I was like, I need an epidural and like, I need one. And, um, she was like, Oh, that's fine. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't offer you one like without you asking, but that's, that's fine. Um, and then I just like broke down in tears and I was like, I'm so sorry. And they were my James and my midwife like, Oh, don't, don't have to say sorry. Like, don't be ridiculous. But I, yeah, I just sort of felt like I had this idea that I'd be able to handle it and I'd be like a sort of superwoman and really surprise myself. But, you know, <laughs> the pain was intense. So, yeah. um, yeah, luckily, um, at the time, luckily they said there was an anaesthetist, uh, available to come and do the epidural, which was awesome. And then they came back in and said she'd been called to theater. So it was going to be an hour wait. And I was like, no, and just <laughs> lost it crying. And yeah. so then they started talking about other drug options while I waited and I was just, you know, really nervous to to try anything um, in case I sort of, you know, spun out and had no control. And so we decided that I was going to um, try a drug called fentanyl. Um, they give it to you in like four doses, so like one little bit at a time. Um, and so, the, you know, my midwife said if, if you react to it or whatever, we could just, you know, not give you any more. So they gave me one dose and that ended up being enough. And it was just, honestly, I look back on that as the best hour of the whole process because like I still felt complete pain, like all the pain was still there, but I was so much more calm. It just took away all my like stress and anxiety and panicky feeling. And yeah, I just sort of sat on a chair and then when I had contraction came, I just sort of grabbed James and held onto him for support until it passed. Um, So that was great. And then it wore off. And the anaesthetist still wasn't there. And so I was like, started to, you know, get all stressed again. And so 
they ended up calling the on-call um, anaesthetist to come in. And, yeah, getting a, um, a big needle in your back is a lot harder when you're in established labour than uh, not being in labour at all, as I wasn't the first <laughs> yeah. time. So that was really hard. And I remember saying to her, I'm going to have a contraction. Is that okay? And she was like, um, well, you can't stop it. So, yep, like, that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it took uh, maybe like three goes to get it in. So lots of um, lots of needles. But she said, she asked me, oh, are you an athlete or a horse rider? Because I'm really struggling to um, get this in. And James and I just looked at each other and cracked up laughing because I'm definitely <laughs> neither of those things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, she eventually got it in and, it was great. I mean, like the numb feeling wasn't overly pleasant, but it meant that I could get asleep um, and just relax, which was really, really cool. I definitely didn't like being stuck on the bed, but, you know, I mean, it was better than the excruciating pain that I was previously experiencing. I had got to five centimeters, sorry, just before I got the epidural. And then they checked again an hour later and I I was still five. So I, I often the epidural can slow down contractions. So then because um, because my they were, my water's quite early on, um, I, you know, you sort of have a limited time frame before, you know, things have to happen to get the baby out because of infection and whatnot. They started talking about using the um, syntocin drip to get things um, moving a bit faster. And even though I knew that I would have been having that if I was induced, I just really freaked out. So the doctor came in and said all the risks of what could happen. You know, my scar could rupture and, you know, the the, the baby might not make it. And, and, you know, he was talking about like 0.00 sort of percent, but I didn't hear the, you know, the percentage side. I just heard what he yeah. was saying could happen. And I just absolutely freaked out. And James said I wanted a C-section. I was like, I, I, I just can't take this risk. You know, they just need to take the baby out. And he was like, what? What do you mean? Like, you really want you know, a natural birth, you, you can do this. Like, so, um, it probably took me over an hour to fully decide on what to do. And everyone was really encouraging and gave me the space I needed. And I had at least three different people talk me through everything. And, um, yeah, so we decided to just try the drip, um, just a little bit. And if anything, you know, if her heart rate increased, then they can just stop it straight away. So, I did that and I had the drip for like 45 minutes and got to 10 centimeters in that time, which was just crazy. And obviously I couldn't, yeah. And I couldn't feel a thing with the epidural. So that was, that was amazing. And then I was like, oh, she went, the midwife went to do um, an internal examination and she was like, oh, I can't feel your cervix. I was like, what? Where's it gone? And I thought she meant that like I'd gone back to not being dilated at all. And I had to start Uh. again. And I was like, no. And he's like, no, 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 you, you're you're fully dilated. It's time to start pushing. And I was like, oh. And like that was when I realized I didn't know how. I was like, how do you push? Like, what do I do? And I was like, why didn't I research this? Like, why didn't I watch a video <laughs> or something on what to do? So, um, yeah, I actually had a lot of like coaching, I guess, like the um, midwife and the nurses and whatnot sort of telling me what to do and yeah, that was really helpful. And I, I, you know, I had to hold on to something and, and for support and had James there and the side of the bed, which was really helpful since I couldn't stand or anything. But, um, yeah, time went on and the baby's head wasn't coming down and they called the, um, the doctor who I'd spoke to previously 
and he said, oh, you know, keep going for a little bit. And then, you know, if you can get the baby down um, low enough, then we might just be able to, you know, help grab baby and pull, pull her out. Um, but yeah, two hours went by and she still wasn't coming down. And so they said, you know, you're going to need some help. You're going to need forceps. Um, and because of, you know, your, your scar and whatnot, um, it's best that we do it in theater. So again, that felt a little bit like deja vu, um, getting into a gown and putting on the stockings and all that. And, um, yeah, we, um, they had to put, I just remember they had to put the sides down of the bed to wheel me out to theater and I didn't have anything to hold on to anymore during the contractions. And, um, I just remember feeling like completely like lost and like I didn't know what to do. Um, yeah. and I said, you know, can I keep pushing? Cause that was sort of, I don't know, giving the contractions like a purpose. Um, cause I hadn't been topping up my epidural for a while and I could definitely feel them again, not as, as intense as they would have been. Um, and they said, yeah, yeah, keep pushing. Like it's obviously anything will help. So, um, I kept pushing and we got to theater and again, James wasn't allowed in and they topped up my, um, epidural till I was like fully numb again and put my feet up in the stirrups and it was all a bit, um, intense. Um, but everyone again was really lovely. And I remember saying to them, cause I looked at the clock and it was around six in the morning and I said, Oh, are you all at the end of your shift or are you all starting now? <laughs> and they looked at me and they're like, we're at the end. And I was like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> and they yeah. just laughed. And, um, yeah, then James came in and, and the, the doctor said, you know, you know, Jess, your job's not done. You've got to help me, you know, get this baby out. And so, I think I had four more contractions um, and he used the forceps and yeah, I kept pushing and it, it was such an intense feeling like the, the, the tugging and whatnot, you know, it was completely different than the, the C-section feeling and um, yeah, baby came out and um, yeah, it was a really surreal feeling. Like, like you could actually feel your sort of, stomach like emptying if that makes sense like as the baby came yeah. out it was yeah I guess because I hadn't experienced it the first time it was yeah it was very really intense and um yeah they they um put her on my chest and I um she was like completely covered in blood and I went to sort of like touch her and I was like oh I, I don't know if I should touch her so I sort of just like <laughs> held held my hands on the side of her head and just like cried um yeah and then they took her away to get her cleaned up and James went with them to um cut the cord and and, and whatnot and I lay there and I was so exhausted and I was just in and out of sleep and I just became aware that the doctors weren't really talking and they were sort of all hushed down like at my feet and I was like oh something's not right um and James came over and, and they, they gave Nova back to me and they latched, latched her on for me so I could feed her on the um, operating table. And I really wanted to ask what was going on, but I was like, obviously it's serious. I don't want to interrupt. And I think I was there for, I don't know, like close to an hour maybe. And then um, finally they finished what they were doing and the doctor told me that I um, – had a third degree tear and so they'd got her head out, but then her shoulder had gotten stuck. Um, and he was extremely apologetic and I guess <laughs> I knew that it was, um, a big deal, but I didn't really, it didn't hit me really because I couldn't feel anything and I was just so yeah. excited and happy to have my baby. And, you know, I, I actually 
achieved a VBAC, even if I'd had a bit of help to get there. And, yeah. um, yeah, so yeah, we went to recovery and we weren't there for very long and then went up to the ward and yeah, that, that was how Nova was born. Hmm, beautiful. And how did she go with breastfeeding for the next few days? Yeah. So I found it a lot easier this time because I guess I knew what I was doing and um, I remember feeling extremely proud of myself and yeah. lots of the, the midwives gave me like, you know, like congratulations on, you know, you're doing really well. And I was like, oh, you know, yeah. you're really chuffed. Um, but yeah, once we got home, she, um, she had quite bad wind and she wasn't feeding for very long. And I found that really hard because I, I wasn't expecting it. She was quite unsettled. Whereas Bowie wasn't like that at all. And she ended up getting, um, a lip tie and a tongue tie cut, which, which really helped. And then everything was fine since then. Oh, awesome. And how long did you have to spend in the hospital this time around? Uh, uh, three nights I was there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, re- I thought I'd really enjoy the time there as like a, you know, some toddler free time in the hospital yeah. just to get to know the baby. But, um, no, nah, I, I just really wanted to go home, to be honest, to have like family support and, and see yeah. Bowie and, and things. Cool. Yeah. And how long did you breastfeed for with Nova? Are you still breastfeeding or you stopped after a while? Yeah. So she's five months now and still um, breastfeeding. We just started her on some puree as well yesterday. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you find life as a newborn mum and a toddler mum? Yeah. So I did not expect it to be as hard as it was at the start. So Bowie didn't take to Nova very well at the start. I mean, she was still gentle and and lovely to her, but she really wanted my attention and she was very jealous. Yeah. And I found it really hard because you're obviously feeding a newborn quite a lot. And I'd gone from full-time working to being a stay-at-home mom again with a toddler and a newborn. And I, yeah, I found it a big juggling act in the first month. I found it really hard. Yeah. And did that just sort of gradually improve naturally or did you? Yeah, it did, I guess. Yeah, um, Bowie just started to get better at playing independently and obviously Nova's feeding got less frequent and I just sort of started, you know, I got used to it myself and then when when you're obviously less stressed and your kids are less stressed, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And how did you go with recovery from your tear? Um, So the first week or two was actually surprisingly okay. I was really shocked that it wasn't. Um, as bad as, as I'd heard a lot of horror stories, but, um, the third yeah. week was the worst. I was in so much pain and I just remember saying to people, there's no way I would ever do this again. Like definitely have <laughs> yeah. an ele- elective C-section next time. Um, but that was just the one week, that third week. And then after that, every day just got better and better. And I've, I've had no ongoing issues whatsoever. I've healed really well and I'm really grateful. Yeah. Oh, good. And do you think that you're done with two babies or there may be another baby in the future? Yeah, um, I've always wanted to have three. Um, when James and I first started talking about babies, he just wanted one and then he decided two and then he ag- agreed that three would be good. Um, yeah. So um, I think after actually having another child, so now that we've got two and, and realizing how much more it does add to your uh, load as a parent, We'll just um, see how it goes. So a third is definitely still an option, but not 100%. Yeah, 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us today, Jess. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. It's been great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.